hear it. Testing, testing.
so happy for that blood. Praise the Lord. Amen. My mic's a little bit loud on my what I'm wearing. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Good to see uh, uh, each and every one out. It's good to have Sister Susie back with us tonight after a long absence. It's good to have her with us. Praise the Lord. And we welcome those that are watching by means of the live stream as well. I'm glad that you are tuning in and those that will tune in um, at a later date, we know we have several that go back and watch the archives and 
a few days afterwards, so we'll be happy for all those as well. Amen. We're going to go to God in prayer tonight, and uh, we uh, uh, need to remember uh, Brother Jack Batson's family. Brother Batson passed away, so you may have already heard, uh, on Father's Day, and that was bad. Uh, uh, about 7.30 that, uh, that night, because he'd been, he'd been having health issues for a long time, and, um, but um, let's remember um, his family, his wife, his children, and, uh, and the church there uh, on Clarksville Highway there in uh, New Life uh, Church, and uh, just remember them in prayer. Also, we want to remember uh, the Magnus family, Dwight passed away today. Um, he has been battling um, for a long time in and out of the hospital. And uh, he um, uh, crossed over today, so we want to remember uh, uh, the McNeese's family. And, and speaking of them, I want to continue to remember Sister Mary, uh, that God will um, uh, help her, strengthen her. Uh, also, Sister Edna. Uh, we want to continue to pray for her because she has got some very serious issues now that she's dealing with and remember her and brother brother Paul as well uh, uh, just we pray for both of them amen uh, anybody else got a special prayer request tonight praise the Lord yes Remember, um, Brother Randy in our prayers as he's uh, trying to deal with the situation after this uh, uh, surgery that he had today. Yes. Lord, anybody else? All right, remember that. Yes. that prayer up. Praise God. Any others? Unspoken request by no lift of hand. Amen. God knows what we need of before we even ask. Hallelujah. We're going to uh, pray over the offering as we pray as well like we always do on Wednesday night. Let's all stand together. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we come tonight. We thank you and we praise you for the privilege of being in your house on this Wednesday night. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. Your mercy that is new every day. Lord, there were several prayer requests, Lord, serious needs tonight. We bring them before the throne of grace to obtain mercy, to find help in these times of need, God. Touch these needs right now. You are healing, God. We believe you. We trust you, Lord, for each and everything. You've seen every hand that was raised. Also, bless the offering that we received tonight. Use it, Lord. Um, for the, uh, the kingdom of God and bless each and every one, the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. God bless you tonight as you give. Hallelujah.
Season. All right, we're getting into something tonight that's been by request um, that we're going to um, get into. Um, what you are getting tonight in your handout is the, is the totality of this lesson that we will be covering. I don't know if I'll get through all of this tonight or not. I won't try to rush to do so because I want everybody to have a good understanding um, of what we're talking about. I think everybody uh, will agree that we all believe that the Bible uh, is God's Word and that we need to um, not just read it but study it. And uh, if we believe that the Bible is God's Word and we are to, to study it, then we need to have a confidence that what we are reading is God's word and not man's word. Now, for hundreds of years, uh, we had just one uh, type of scripture. But over the past 15 to 20 years, or really it started, it started back in the 70s, New translations started to just pop out. I mean, just everywhere. Uh, and uh, we got so many of them that you wonder, which one can I trust? Which one is God's, you know, God's word? Uh, and I will, I will tell you this. I have made, I have made mistakes 
uh, and some of those that I have got looked into, and I didn't check them out as well as I should have. Uh, and uh, here's here's the point. Uh, we believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God in the original writings, not translations. Uh, just because you got a translation uh, don't necessarily mean that, that translation was inspired by God. Uh, and uh, I want to, uh, and so we're going to be comparing English translations of the Scripture. Uh, and uh, I want to start off by briefly, and for those of you that are watching online and don't have this handout, uh, we're going to talk about the origin of Scripture in the first place. Where did Scripture come from? Where did it originate? Uh, and Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. And this is what it reads like. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Don't never forget that. Because that's one of the rules that you're going to learn that you're going to apply to some of these Bibles that are come out. Amen. Uh, no uh, prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man. Even though it was man who, who penned uh, on the beginning, the papyrus, uh, it didn't come from man. It didn't come from the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was, it was God. It was come, the same thing that you, uh, you know, when you hear uh, a minister behind the pulpit uh, if under the anointing declare a message the man might be doing the speaking but he is he is channeling he's a channel for for the Lord amen uh, different men do different things when they uh, prepare but I have had a um, something that I start I did started doing years ago when I began to consider a message for a coming service, uh, I would pray a whole lot. I said, Lord, you know everybody that's going to be there this coming service. And you know what is needed. I don't know that. I don't have that wisdom. I don't have that understanding. And uh, I begin that way because I want to make sure I, and sometimes I add this to this, Lord, let me speak the same words that if you was to be there in the flesh talking, that I would speak the same words that you would be speaking if you was there for that day. Uh, and because of that, that way of doing things down through the years, I've had people accuse me of having their house bugged. <laughs> Amen. More than once, I promise you, people say, you got my house bugged, preacher, because you got right on what I've been dealing with, what's been going on in our house. That's, that's the Holy Spirit. It's, it's just nothing else but the Holy Spirit. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. Amen. And that from childhood 
Now, Paul here is writing to young Timothy. He is a younger minister that he is mentoring and, and training, raising up, if you please, uh, uh, to care, care the thing on. He said, from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then he says in verse 16, all scripture. Some folks would do well to, to underline that right there when some people say, well, I don't have to believe this because this is an Old Testament. You ask me, answer me this, is not Genesis through Malachi part of all scripture? If it's not, Paul made a boo-boo here. He should have said some scripture. Hmm? Amen. I mean, and, and this, this is a common, common occurrence in, in the world today. Well, I, I, I don't have to believe this part because this part was written over here. Amen. Somewhere else. But Paul instructed Timothy that A-double-L-all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And I, I, I mentioned that the other day and told, told you what that inspiration means. It means God breathed. God breathed. He breathed on the pages. Amen. The breath of God. That's what the book is, is the breath of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That a man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, these two scriptures lets us know how we got the original, the Bible. And uh, for years and years, you've heard, you know in the Bible, you've heard people talk about and read scripture about scribes and Pharisees. The difference between a scribe and a Pharisee, the Pharisee was a teacher of what was written, the scribe was the one who copied from an original and made a copy of that. That's how they was able to produce them back in that day. There was no printing press, nothing like that. And it was these scribes that made the copies um, so they could be passed out and everybody could uh, could have them. Now let's move on into our, into our handout. <laughs> and if I come across something that uh, I need to better explain to you, raise your hand. Let me let me know. Bible translation is currently happening in two thousand eight hundred and forty six languages. Now think about that. That's how many languages so far that the Bible is translated in. 2,846 languages in over 157 different countries. This work impacts, look at this, 1.11 billion people. Amen. About 15% of all language users who have or will soon have new access to at least some portion of the scripture in their first language. That's how the gospel is being spread around the world. I mean, understand, understand this. Uh, the, uh, the Bible was not originally written in the English language. Matter of fact, there was no such thing as English when the Bible was first written. There was no English whatsoever. Uh, and they started to be uh, translated in various languages to, to this present time. There's close to, th close to 3,000 different languages that you can get the Bible in. Naturally, our concern is with English translations and how we choose the best to use. That's what we are concerned about. 
Uh, I'm not concerned about the Chinese version, you know, or the Haitian version, uh, or the various many versions that's in the different dialects in Africa, Swahili and all that stuff, because, I mean, uh, all that's Greek to me. <laughs> Pun intended. Pun intended. <laughs> Amen. I'm concerned about the English language versions. Amen. When it comes to choosing the best reliable and trustworthy Bible translation, it really helps to have a general understanding of why there are so many translations in the first place. That is why should we really begin, uh, that, is, that is why we should really begin by explaining the Bible translation spectrum, the whole spectrum of it. Now part of confusion for why there are so many translations of the Bible comes from the fact that the Bible, and I didn't mention this, the Bible wasn't originally written in English. Amen. That didn't come along to many years. I mean, you know, some people are so dogmatic about the King James Version. You know, bless God, King James Version was good enough for the Apostle Paul. <laughs> and it's good enough for me. Oh, really? Apostle Paul didn't know what the King James Version was. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's move on. Uh, the Bible was not originally written. In, instead, the original translations of the Bible were written in mostly Hebrew and Aramaic for the Old Testament. Maybe some of you had, didn't realize that part of the Old Testament is not in Hebrew. It's in the language called Aramaic. And guess what? That is, did you know that's the language that Jesus himself spoke? That's the language that Jesus spoke when he was here? Amen. Uh, he knew Hebrew, and there were times I'm sure he used Hebrew, like Apostle Paul used it sometimes, but not all the time. Amen. But Aramaic, amen, uh, and uh, the Old Testament. And then the Greek was, was uh, uh, written in something called Koine Greek. And Koine Greek is not, I might, if you was to travel to Greece today uh, on a vacation, uh, the, the, the Greek language that they use today would be a lot different than the, the Greek language that they used 2,000 years ago. I mean, it has evolved and changed. It was, the language Greek, that, and that word koine means the common Greek language. The, every, the, the language that the everyday person, Greek person spoke. So, laying that, all that down for a foundation, we're going to get into a, the timeline of English virgin Bibles. Um, 1384, a man by the name of John Wycliffe produces a handwritten English translation of the complete Bible. His translation was from the Latin Vulgate and not from Greek or Hebrew. There was, uh, the, the Bible was translated from the original into Latin. That's where you hear, if you've ever watched a Catholic service and all that mumbo jumbo that they go, uh, they, uh, they, and many of them still use that language, the, uh, uh, the Latin language. For many hundred years, that's all it was. And guess what? The average common man didn't know what in the world those priests was talking about when they went there. They had to take their word for it that they was giving them the right word of God. That's one reason why that everything got so messed up and you got a lot of doctrines out of place uh, when the Bible went through what we call the Dark Ages. Uh, but long before King James, which was 1611, that's what, and I've never had a man, I've had a lot of men come up, uh, come up against me 
on the King James thing, but it come out in 1611, the year, 1611. I asked the question, tell me, pray tell, for all them people that lived and died those first 1600 years, what did they have? It wasn't the King James. Amen. We get misplaced priorities sometimes. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not against the King James. I think it's a wonderful translation. I think it's the major one that we should use to go by as we compare some of these others, maybe to get some better understanding of how the word changes. But <coughs> this was in 1384. And this is a picture of him down here, taken from paintings. <coughs> this man was called the morning star of the Reformation. Now, when you hear about the Reformation, most of the time we hear about a man by the name of Martin Luther. And but long before Martin Luther, John Wycliffe began to produce by hand, there was no such thing as the printing press back then, the first English translation of the Bible, he sat down with that Latin Vulgate and he translated it from Latin to English, the English that people spoke back then. And because of that, people began to, uh, began to see, and they was enlightened, that what the Catholic Church had been teaching for centuries was false. And it, it, the Reformation actually started with this man <coughs> when he made available to the common person a copy of the Word of God in English. It turned the religious world on its head. For all of those years, the Catholic Church had been teaching people they need, here, here, let me just give you just one thing. They've been teaching people that uh, you need to baptize folks in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Ghost. But when people begin to read the Bible in English that they can understand, they begin to find out what the name was. Hallelujah. Thank God. Woo, praise the Lord. So, and you can look up these people and study them further on if you want to do so. Everybody don't have the same, I mean, you know, I, I realize, you know, I love history. I mean, that's my thing. If I was a school teacher, that's what I'd be as a history teacher. Um, so, I mean, if, if you're interested in some of this, you can take it further. In the year 1455, uh, Gutenberg invents the printing press. Books may now be mass-produced instead of individually handwritten. Think about it. For 1,455 years, everything printed had to be copied by hand. But when the printing press was made, things changed. And... Uh, the first book ever printed was the Gutenberg's Bible, and it was printed in Latin, not in English. But I've got it here because it's an important step in the formation of the English um, uh, uh, Bible. Okay, the year... Oh, and by the way, going back to John Wycliffe, God kept his hand of protection on him and the Catholic authorities was not able to catch up with him. If they could have, they would have had him killed as a heretic. But they was, he had caused such a trouble and a stir in the religious world that after he died, they went to his grave and dug up his bones and burned them and scattered them over the river. You know why they did that? They had the belief that if he did that, he could never be in the resurrection. But 
That's why I tell people all the time nowadays, because more and more people are doing it, I, people come to me all the time, Brother Sammy, is, is, is cremation okay? Let me tell you something. When this old body of mine kicks the bucket, I don't care what you do to it. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, right, exa exactly. And you're not going against the Bible with you if you have that, if you have it done. There's nothing wrong with that. But they thought, hey, you know, if we burn his bones and scatter them over the river, we're going to keep this guy from being in resurrection. Guess what? He's going to be resurrected waiting for them to come up and see where they're going to be going. Hallelujah. I don't care what you do this body mind. Hey, Job said, even though the worms eat me up, he said, in my flesh, I'm going to see God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> I told Darlene one time, I said, I don't know about it. I, I know my family wouldn't ever go for it. I said, but if I die before the, um, uh, for the rapture takes place, I'd love to be cremated and have my bones, uh, my ashes poured out in the Niagara, Niagara River and let them go over the falls. I would love that. I wouldn't know nothing about it, but I'd love it anyway. <laughs> but th they did that to him because he got him so upset. Now, 1525, a man by the name of William uh, Tyndale, he translated the New Testament from the Greek manuscripts. He didn't use the Latin, but he went back to the Greek and he made his translation. This is the first New Testament to be printed in the English language on the printing press. Tyndale did not finish translating the Old Testament. You know why? They killed him. They killed him. <laughs> but thank God for men like this who had a boldness because uh, you probably can't read it there, but when he stood before the popes and, and the priests and all of those guys, he said, he said, if, if God lets me live, he said, long enough to translate this book, he said, I'm going to see to it that the plowboy out in the field knows more of the Bible than what you do. And so they had, they had enough of him and they strangled him and tied him to the stake and burned him. He was a martyr just for translating the Bible in the English language. Amen. Then in 1537, there came the Matthew's Bible, the second complete Bible to be printed in English, done by John Thomas Matthew Rogers. It was 80 books. Oh, I did. Excuse me. Thank you for catching that. 1535, Miles Coverdale's Bible. Uh, the first complete Bible to be printed in English language, Old Testament and New. Because, like I said, they killed Tyndale and he wasn't able to complete. He did get the whole New Testament done before that they killed him. The first complete Bible to be printed in English language, Old Testament and New Testament, including the Apocrypha books, which are non-canonical. Uh, you've heard me. I brought, I got a copy of those, those books in my office. I showed them once before. But that was an English version. <laughs> so here we got, long before King James, there was, there was the uh, Wycliffe Bible. There was the Tyndale Bible. There was the Covadale Bible. And then in 1537, Matthew's Bible. It was the second complete Bible to be printed in English, done by John Thomas Matthew Rogers. It had 80 books in it. Not 66 like your Bible has today, but 80. And that, the reason why that, he included the Apocrypha. Books like uh, 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 Enoch, the book of Enoch, and Maccabees. Uh, and, uh, and and those books. 
He had them all included. See, there's, there is a total of 80. Now, in, in our common English Bible, we have 66. But there were a total of 80. And, uh, but a good number of them was not considered to be inspired. And if you ever read some of them, you know why some of them ain't. But some of them, I think, is, should have been included, like, like the, uh, uh, the, uh, the book of Enoch. 1539, we had the Great Bible. Um, and the first English language Bible to be authorized for public use. This is important. Uh, you know you know what something means? You say, well, you know, so-and-so bootlegged that. Something's bootlegged. And uh, uh, they, uh, they had to do it... Um, kind of under the table, undercover like. The Great Bible was the first Bible authorized for... These other Bibles, they didn't even authorize them for the people to read them because the, the established church was so upset, it was busting them uh, uh, to pieces. It was proving what they'd been teaching for centuries was wrong. So, I mean... It's kind of like Brother, if you remember Brother Kislev uh, that we support in Russia, his granddad uh, was picked up and put in a Russian prison back in those days before the fall of the Soviet Union. And he spent years in a Russian jail just because he owned a Bible. See, folks, we don't realize sometimes how blessed we are in the day that we live in. Men and women both has been tortured and thrown in jail and left to die with not even being fed just because they was caught with a Bible. We need to praise God for our blessings today because, look, it's quickly coming back to the time it may be that time again before we're not allowed to own one. Amen. So we need to be thankful for the word of God. Hallelujah. <coughs> okay. 1560. Still way away from the King James, there was the Geneva Bible printed. The first English language Bible to add numbered verses to each chapter. You've heard me say before that the original Bible didn't have chapter and verse. And men come along to, in order to make it more understandable and where everybody could kind of translate it better, they divided it into chapters and verses. This Bible here was the first Bible that had that. Uh, but you know, and you've heard me say while well, I preach and teach, you, and you know as you read the Bible, you'll be reading one chapter, and that chapter ends, and you go to the next chapter, and you say, well, it's talking about the same thing. A lot of times you'll see that word, therefore. You know, well, if you see that word, therefore, back up. Back up. Amen. Because those chapters was not, see, even though this is the inspired word of God, everything in it's not inspired. Everything in it's not inspired. Uh, I got one Bible, and, and more than one really, uh, <coughs> that the publisher over the book of Revelation has got the revelation of St. John the Divine. But when you go down to the first chapter in verse 1, what does it say? The revelation of Jesus Christ. It was, it was Jesus' revelation, not John. But the publisher, whoever published the Bible, said this is John's revelation. See? So to let you know, we have got to be careful and don't, I mean, what we're looking at. But the And by the way, I meant to bring one, but... It, I have got a copy of the Geneva Bible at home. Uh, I bought a, you can't order 
and you can order uh, probably each each one of these if you wanted to. But I got a I got a copy of the uh, the Geneva Bible, and it was printed in fifteen hundred and sixty. <coughs> okay, fifteen sixty eight the Bishop's Bible, and here we go. I make people upset with me sometimes when they talk about why do you want to use the new King James Bible? Well, because I said, did you know the King James has been revised five times since it first come out? No, 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 no. You know, I may be ignorant about some things, but I mean, if somebody tries to show me something, tell me truth, I'm going to investigate it anyway. You know? But the King James is not like it was when it first come out. I want you to look close here. Uh, the Bishop's Bible. The Bible which the King James was a revision of. The Bishop's Bible was what the King James was originally called. And it was revised. My, and it had 80 books. And 20% of it was cut and paste from the Geneva Bible. Think about that. So 20% of the King James Bible, they cut and pasted it. Uh, uh, um, from the Geneva Bible. So everything that King James wrote didn't go back to the original. And I'm, I, we're going to get to some diagrams and we won't do it tonight. <coughs> but I think it's important for you to see all this and understand it because it will give you a whole lot better understanding of what you are reading, what you're studying. Amen. Then we have in 1609 the Dule Old Testament, which is added to the uh, uh, Reims New Testament of 1582, Catholic translation, making the first complete Catholic Bible. It was translated from the Latin Vulgate. And still today, this version is what the Catholics use. Uh, and it's got all 80 books in it, the Apocrypha. And this is, this is why some of the... Uh, um, the doctrine that they teach where they get it from. Do you know that uh, the Catholics believe that, that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was carried off into heaven? And how they got that is this Dulay version because it, the, there's, a, there's one of the apocryphal books that's, that's written by somebody, don't know who wrote it, somewhere back in history, that uh, uh, sometime after Mary died, she was resurrected and carried up on in heaven. That's how come, that's how come they pray to Mother Mary today. And they'd rather pray to Mary than to Jesus. The reason why is, they say, well, if you can get on Jesus' mother's good side, then his mother will go talk to talk her son for you. My Lord, if I'm, if, I need a, if I'm in an emergency, I don't need this pass from this one to this one to this one. I got, I'm going to go to the source. Hallelujah. Amen. But see, you, uh, you're, you're, you can see where some of these things come from. Here we are, 1611. King James Bible, revised and printed all 80 books. The Apocrypha was officially removed in 1885, leaving only 66 books. <coughs> I have right here, this big book right here, on the 400th anniversary of the King James Version, printing company had the original King James uh, printed, and I ordered me one. And I, I got it in here, and you ought to uh, uh, pick it up and look at this. This is the English language as the English language was in 1611. You're going to have a difficult time reading it. Because a language, any language, 
evolves over time. Words get deleted. Words have changed meanings over all these times. And uh, that's why the New King James is really good because a lot of those things... Uh, <coughs> I, I, got, I got open right here to the book of Psalms. Let me spell the book of Psalms how it was spelled by King James in 1611. P-L-A-L-M-E-S. That's how they spelled Psalms back in 1611. P-L-A-L-M-E-S. Psalms. Uh, says off the side here in the footnote, Christ's kingdom. Christ spelled C-H-R-I-F-T-S. Christ. Kingdom. K-I-N-G-D-O-M-E. Kingdom. The English language has really changed, folks. <laughs> we have to have an update of words. You know, I mean, that's just, it's just, uh, you know, as simple as that. But I've got that, and, you know, it's for anybody to look at it, like to look at it. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to have to bring this to a close. 1782, uh, the Bible, the first English language Bible, a King James Version without the Apocrypha to be printed in America. Now we've got America. We don't have England no more. But this was the first Bible printed in the United States of America. And I'm going to end with the next one. We'll pick up next time. 1833, Noah Webster's Bible. You ought to recognize that man's name. After producing his famous dictionary, Webster printed his own revision of the King James Bible. He did one of the revisions. Because by 1833, the English language had changed so much from 1611, people were having a hard time reading it. And he then produced an English dictionary. A whole lot of the words wasn't in there because they'd done been deleted. I mean, you know, but uh, Noah Webster, and he, he revised, he took the King James and revised it. Uh, we're, I'm going to stop right there because it's 8 o'clock. Hang on to your handouts. We will be getting, we will be getting to uh, the modern translations and all of that, but I just felt like it was necessary, important, because <coughs> I'm talking about how we got our Bible and where it come to and come from. And uh, so... We'll carry it on a little bit uh, further later. Let's all stand together. Sunday is our 75th homecoming. And uh, we're excited about that. And we will uh, start uh, service uh, Sunday school at 10 o'clock and have our regular morning service and then we will break somewhere around 12.30 and have lunch. Then we'll start back at 2 o'clock for the afternoon service. Brother Nathan Young is going to be ministering in word and song. And we're excited about, uh, excited about that. So invite somebody to come out. And we're looking for a, uh, a great time. Um, didn't mention this a while ago, but I'm going to. I'm going to mention it now. Uh, pastor's got a special look on. I always have a hard time requesting prayer for myself. I don't know why a lot of preachers are that way, but they are. But uh, <laughs> I've been having uh, some issues for a while. And I told um, Sister Darlene a couple weeks ago, I says, I said, I've never been through it before, but I have known a lot of people had the problem. And the... Uh, the symptoms I have is kind of like I may have some blockages. 
uh, I have, you know, I mean, I mean, after me dropping over 80 pounds, you'd think I'd have, I'd have more energy. But, man, I, my, my energy level's down. I just, you know, I, I have fatigue. And uh, I've been having aching pains in the center of my chest, which I wrote off as, uh, uh, yes, uh, which a lot of men do. Uh, and uh, but uh, and she kept telling me, you need to go, you know, go see the doctor, go see the doctor. So I, I finally did. And they took me, uh, I went to this past Friday, and they did a, uh, a heart scan, kind of like a CAT scan of the heart. And I got the results back, and my regular doctor called me and told me, I need to see you right away. And uh, uh, I have got um, uh, two uh, of my main arteries that uh, got pretty good little bit of blockage and don't know exactly how much yet because they hadn't done anything else. Uh, and he told me I needed to um, uh, see a, a, a heart doctor as soon as possible. Put me on a, a cholesterol medicine and told me to, um, which you all probably have heard this before, I'm supposed to take a low-dose aspirin every day at least to go to the heart doctor. But uh, um, I will be setting up an appointment going to see one of them and everything. But uh, I know God has uh, dissolved kidney stones before, and if he dissolved kidney stones, he can dissolve plaque in my arteries. And I'm just believing I, I told somebody, I said, you know, this is not bothering me. It's not worrying me whatsoever. I believe by the time that I get to that heart doctor, he probably ain't going to be able to find nothing there. Hallelujah. I mean, I, I honestly feel good. You know, I feel good about it. But um, remember me in prayer with it, if you will, because like I said, I am having fatigue issues and things like that. But... Um, Appreciate your prayers on that. Let's go to God in prayer and thank God for the service. Father, we come tonight. We thank you and we praise you for this service. I thank you for everyone that's come out. I thank you for those who watched online. And Lord, I appreciate your word so much. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. I love your word, Lord. I love it. Hallelujah. And we want to make sure it's remained holy and pure. Give us that wisdom. Give us that understanding. Bless everybody. Keep them safe as they travel on the road headed home. We'll give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you. We love you in the Lord. Hallelujah.